Dave Fanning on 2FM. Now, Brooke Scullion represented Ireland in the Eurovision this year. She's now going to pick her favourite album, so what could it be? Here's the first track from it. So there you go, Polly is the name of the song. That is, of course, from uh, MTV, as in everybody knows the album, because it is actually, now that I think about it, it's one of the most famous albums of the 1990s. Sometimes people forget that. And it's an album that happened just from the beginning to the end. It was just recorded in one take and that was it. So, Brooke, tell me all about it. Why do you like this album? I think the album came, it was actually the first album I ever bought. No, I was bought Garth Gates albums. I was bought like Disney albums. But the first album I actually purchased was this one. And I got it in vinyl. So it was the first kind of like authentic music experience that I had where like the artist, it actually came out after he died. So it was, I don't know, it just it just did something to me like to hear the interaction between the the band and to hear them laughing. And, and I, I'm pretty sure he didn't do vocal warm-ups. So to hear his voice progressively get better through the album and through the, the, the whole, uh, just it, it just changed my, my whole outlook and got me into rock music as well. So I don't know, it just, it adds an album as a whole live complete edit. It, there's nothing more it could have gave me that, that would have made me happier. It's just perfect. And I listen to it every day, probably. <laughs> wow, that is it in a nutshell. There's no question about it. Nirvana Unplugged is, of course, the album we're talking about. So, Brooke Scullion, let's take a look. If this is the first album you bought, just as a matter of interest, why did you spend your good hard-earned money on an album like this? I think I think I my daddy had just got a record player and he was listening to Phil Mina Begley and Tom, Big Tom and I was like, Right, is there any way I can add to this anyway? I can anyway I, I can enjoy sitting up here <laughs> for a little bit longer, like try and, you know, broaden the horizons a wee bit. And I don't know, I went to swimming lessons and this girl said Kurt Cobain's my cousin, long, long cousin and all. And I and I didn't know who Kurt Cobain was. So I went home and Googled him. He's definitely not her cousin, by the way. It's a complete lie. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just went home and I kind of got really hooked into his life, into the legacy. Like, they really only had one commercially massive hit until after he died. And then he was on the front page of the news and and for having one hit in pop music, like, usually there's a whole catalogue that people... Um, people can rely on and people can relate to but be, like the euphoric sadness that they created really related to people I feel like from the 60s 70s and 80s after all the psychedelics and all the all the um, you know added I don't know how to added subconscious everyone was in I feel like when people hit the 90s <laughs> the somber kind of self-reflecting or coming of age kind of tone really set them up to be like accessible to everybody and everybody felt related like they felt they could relate to them no absolutely 100% so Tim I'm going to play the second track now and I mean you actually picked four and you just couldn't pick which, which sorry one. Yeah. so I think we probably <laughs> left out something in the way but do you want well, 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 I'll tell you what we do we play this one now this is Come As You Are there you go, come as you are. It is, it is MTV Unplugged, of course, from Nirvana. 
and uh, Brooks Gullion has picked the album. This is the track on the album that people would have known who knew Nirvana because it was well known from a previous album. I mean, like there's six covers on this album. It's like like people. Like, it was usually people like you know Elvis Costello or R.E.M. Those middle brow alternative kind of acts or, or or the older ones like I know I'm Eric Clapton. I'm Paul Simon. I can do my old stuff and make it all acoustic and that kind of stuff. You know, and Mariah Carey did it too. And so did like the day before this happened. Duran Duran were doing it. Like they actually did um, the MTV Unplugged. But this was one like where Kurt Cobain was in a bad mood. The band weren't really happening. Everything was going wrong. And to be blunt, like he was suffering from like taking too many bad drugs. He wasn't in the best. Yeah. And yet, with all what you're saying is that's what added to the whole thing. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, most of the tracks are about death or death is in there somewhere. Bit of a miserable first album to be blind. <laughs> Look, I was a very happy child and needed something to, to, to bring me back down. <laughs> no, but as you mentioned, like that's exactly what it is. And if you watch the live performance, there's so much pain in that poor boy. Yeah, like it's true. just, it's oh, yeah. he just from an early age, like everything he his parents passed him about his family, and he just said he couldn't. Nothing was exciting for more than a month. Like, could you imagine? That's why the music is so raw and so hard hitting, and it and. He tried to play it off that he wasn't like responsible for it, but he he was, and and I still I just can't get him out of my head. It's like I have two people that I used to cry about when I was on night. <laughs> it was Kurt Cobain and um, Steve Irwin, the Crocodile Hunter. I just thought they're just two people that were taken from us too soon, and to to imagine what they could have made <laughs> or done in the world if they lived a wee bit longer. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, don't forget, Nirvana were a very kind of ferocious, unpredictable live act. But this was this was very gentle and showed you just what was behind all the songs and how good. I mean, like he does three ver. I mean, three covers were from that band, Meat Puppets, who they had been touring with at the time. And in fact, one or two of them, I think Pat Smears is there on the stage on this mm-hmm. thing, so they're all there. And I, I think he was getting a bit annoyed at Dave Grohl on the drums as well. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but you I mean, can hear that. that. You can hear the interaction. Like nothing is cut out. Yeah. And it's like some of you. This is from our first album. Most of you won't know it, and then it goes into "Come as You Are," and it's just it's unreal. Yeah, or no, about a girl. I think it was. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, about a girl. He does when he does that. Yeah, I mean, like, do you think in some ways since they were just about the biggest band around at the time? Like six months after this, he committed suicide. He was gone. Yeah, I mean, after making this, but it wasn't released till after that again. Yeah, I think he passed in nineteen ninety four of April, and then this was released in November ninety four. Yeah, so exactly. it's just, it's just one of those things that obviously people say your music becomes more famous than you after you pass, and this is one of those examples. And it, but he did have the limelight, and he did have the fame. He wanted the fame, but he also couldn't handle it. And it's just well, there's just so many layers to. Yeah, I just don't know if he ever wanted the fame. I think he absolutely hated the fame, couldn't handle it, never wanted it, and just didn't know what to do when it came so fast. And for for many people would say with Nirvana, it came overnight. They did have the first album, Bleach, but when the second album came out, it just blew everything away. It even blew mm-hmm. Michael Jackson the charts, all this kind of thing. So tell me something else. Um, like, what about yourself? I mean, like, just as a matter of interest, just in terms of the word fame. I mean, just how cruel it can be out there. You go on to do um, the Eurovision. You represent Ireland in the Eurovision in 2022. And you do a thing where you say you played in the Kremlin. And there's this crowd in, uh, in I don't know, one of the other countries, I don't know which country it was, starts saying, how dare she play for Putin and blah, blah, blah. And hold on, the Kremlin is a famous gay bar in Belfast. Do you realise mm-hmm. how bad it gets? Well, things get taken out of context. Things, 
I knew as soon as I put that up that there was going to be confusion. But as soon as you Google Kremlin Belfast into like search drive, the first thing that comes up is that it's an ironically named gay bar in Belfast. But look, if you've seen that and everything's in the height of in the, in the height of all the drama and and everything can get misconstrued, it was my my thing is I have an amazing support system. My family are so good to me and. If you do relate it back to Kurt Cobain, he didn't have a sports system. Courtney Love was heavily addicted as well, and and all their home mm. footage. Like there's no there's no support system there, and I feel like that's the main thing. Amy Winehouse didn't have a sports system. Like all the Twenty Seven Club, all of them. Like her daddy released an album after she passed away. It's just it's just the key thing. Like yeah, it's, it could get you annoyed, but like I'm lucky I have that, and the, and it was a difficult moment. But I just put the phone away and talked to my loved ones. Yeah, just who who inspires you musically? I know that Debbie Harry is one of them, is it? Yeah, I mean, mostly female. I would say career-wise, Dolly Parton. If I could have that perfectly perfect career, <laughs> I would say her. But Miley Cyrus is of the voice of my generation, in my opinion. Like she just can't do any wrong in my eyes. And I love rock music. Like it's actually. If after I finish this pop segment and I come, I don't know, turn 25, 26, I'm going to go down the rock era, I think. All my influences are Machine Gun Kelly, Youngblood, um, like Yavra Levine, uh, Demi Lovato. It's just, I love I love different music. Eagles, Credence, um, Aerosmith, all of that. Because like when you did the Ireland's, um, what do you call it, the playlist thing on telly the other week, I mean, let's face it, you're from Derry, so you've got to do teenage kids. I mean, did it mean yeah. anything to you? Can, can you remember growing up? Did it mean like, anything? I actually tried not to do that song because it's right. so important. Like I, people have made babies to that song. People have got married to that song. There's so much connotation, like sentimental connotations to that. And I was like, if I destroy this, my career's over. <laughs> I, I can't afford to, to ruin this. And then I kind of just thought, right, have fun. Have fun and put your stamp on it. And I did. And thankfully, it didn't, it didn't go down badly. And um, I'm really proud that I, I did that to represent my, my country. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, you know, you came third in, in The Voice and things. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. The Voice, like, who's come out of The Voice? Not an awful lot. Becky Hill is the only person yeah. that's like, Becky, yeah, yeah, Becky uh, Hill, she was in season one. I can't think of anybody else. Okay, but the point of it is, then you, you represented Ireland in Eurovision. What was it like playing, and do, like, did, did, did you play to 13,500 people at the Pala Olimpico in Turin, or were you playing to 200 million watching on television? Well, for me, it's always about life. Um, you look at the people surrounding you, and you, as, if you can see they're having a good time, it's a good indicator that you're doing well, but... That I could have done that performance, eyes closed, hands tied behind my back, like we did. So you do rehearsal shows, family rehearsal, then you do dress rehearsal, then you do the main show for the jury. So I done not, six concerts in total, uh, playing to twenty. Like how many did you say? How many was in the audience? There was about fourteen thousand in the audience. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was like fourteen thousand like each time. They were different people, and and and, and that was you just you had to give the best performance each time. But it was fine. I. It just felt like it went too fast. I wish I had got it done one more time. Yeah, but I'd say it was a fantastic experience, nonetheless. Unbelievable. I do forget about the camera, which is good. It's a good skill yeah, to have. If you, exactly. if you focus on the 20, was it 200 million? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah just forget not... about that. No, play to the live audience. That's <laughs> yeah. all. Yeah. So tell the me about chaotic, the Chaotic Heart EP. Is that is that the current release, is it? Yeah, that's the EP I just released. My first ever collection of work, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, so what happens for twenty twenty three? Loads of live gigs, is it? I mean, yeah, you, that's my like. Did you play Glastonbury last year? Yeah. This year. <laughs> yeah. 
Mm. This year just passed, yeah. Look, I have had the best year of my life and, and none of it is lost on me. I think I just continue to, like, my main thing is never walk into a room and think that you're less than and, like, likewise, never walk in and think that you're more than. Treat everybody the same. Have a good time predominantly. If you're not enjoying it, you shouldn't be there. Um, and, and I just, I put a lot of it down to, a lot of hard work went into the background, but delivering on the day, like that's that's more important. I just am very lucky that I am surrounded by my family. We're ro- we're so close. I'm moving to Dublin now on Monday, which is which is a really exciting. So I'll be in the hub. That's where all my work is. All right, but also like when you say work, just finally before we get back to play the last song by Nirvana, which is, um, could you have been or are you still? Because I know you have done acting. I mean, like you know, Game of Thrones. You, you've even. And Jerry Girls, you'd have to be. <laughs> Look, I acting was actually my first love because I never thought that singing, yeah. I never thought my voice was unique enough to be able to play with the big dogs. So, look, I'll never, I always want to do, I want to do everything. And I'm doing a lot of presenting at the minute, a lot of singing. And I would love to go down the acting route and I'm making those connections now, actually. <laughs> Okay, well, look, finally, we're going to take this one, Brooke. And it's um, like, you know, the essence of Nirvana really is electricity. But this album here is not that. There are one or two little plug in bits, amplified guitar here and there. But mm-hmm. very, like, he's very substance dependent in this. He's very depressed in this too. It's kind of funereal, yeah. a lot of it. And yet, something comes through for you. And the song I want to play now is a famous song from years ago by Lead Belly. Uh, it's, it, he called it um, In the Pines. But it's... it's, it's oh, it's, I love this. Yeah, but he calls it Where Do You Sleep Last Night? And I think he took this. I don't know if you ever, did you ever hear the Mark Lanigan version of this? No, I, I think. No, Kurt, I didn't. I think Kurt was thinking along those lines. But what is it about this song? It's probably the best song on it, is it? It is. Um, I think it's the whole, it takes you on a journey. Um, and it's like you can progressively hear the anger building and the confusion and the, and the raw vocals. And the pain yeah. is, is so evident. And when he's screaming at the end, he holds it. I don't know how he holds those notes without absolutely destroying his vocal cords, but it nearly makes you cry because you nearly feel like you're guilty for something or somebody's guilty. It, it's the most emotive, like thought-provoking song on the whole album. It's unreal. It is, and he's made it his own. And it's um, one of the great live albums of all time. It is uh, MTV Unplugged. It is Nirvana. Uh, Brooke, Brooke Scullion. Listen, Brooke, thanks a million. And the very best of luck with your move to Dublin and 2023. <laughs> Thanks a million for talking with us. This is it. This is In the Pines of Where Did You Sleep Last Night, as he calls it. Good luck, bro. Take it easy. Thank you so much. Dave Fanning on 2FM.